This is the second taped interview with Stuart Cole in his home in Perth, Western Australia, on the 13th of the 9th, 2007, for the Cottesloe Mosman Park and Peppermint Grove Oral History Project, and the interviewer is John Bannister. Stuart, obviously we've been talking about many aspects of, of your uh, life here in Cottesloe, the memories of the child, of the beach and the river, um, but you would have come here, as you mentioned, in the 60s, and I wanted to speak a little bit more about your heritage work within the community, <coughs> given the changes that we see around us taking place in, in places like Pittman Road. When you first came to Cottesloe, Peppermint Grove, where you now live, what was the general sense of the council in the area? How was the council seen? Well, the council was certainly not an intrusive element in the uh, community. And in fact, it was a very benign atmosphere, both through the council and uh, through the community. One of the reasons being that uh, that Pittman Grove is only a domestic suburb. There are no advantages or disadvantages in uh, in uh, living in a community which has got one activity only, which is people coming home to sleep. Um, the council also enjoyed the uh, privilege, I suppose, of being asked to join. People would ask people to come and join the council, and there were only, I think, about two elections, uh, maybe three in all the time we've been in uh, Pippin Grove. Um, and the intention there is to get a balance in the um, in the council membership to ensure that uh, you know there was a representative ready of more than one point of view, but. In general terms, I would say it was a very, uh, my experience on the council anyway, was that it was a very cohesive council. It's, um, heritage, for example, in Netherlands, in Subiaco particularly, in Fremantle, um, and so on, in many ways had become a very divisive issue within the community. When Peppermint Grove first started to look at heritage issues, it could have been a very divisive issue because the first committee set up to look into that, as I think I mentioned before, only nominated public buildings as being heritage list or should be heritage listed. The second committee formed, of which I was a member, really was there to see that there was a representative uh, nomination for listing, which would include not only the uh, architectural value, of a building, but also associations that the building would have had with uh, very important people in this community. And, um, and I'm speaking now about people like Gary Gagnew and uh, so on, uh, who all lived in the area and uh, and made a contribution to the larger community. I mean, Peppermint Grove in many ways, I think, had as strong an influence on things and developments in WA probably as any other suburb. But... Um, as a community, I think it backed the council to uh, to exercise pretty, you know, common sense uh, values and judgment. So when that second committee was formed, what happened was that the uh, um, I was asked to to run a sort of a, an assessment program, um, which was then submitted to council together with a, with a potted history, if one was available, of each of the buildings which were nominated in three categories, which was one, to be preserved, secondly, to be preserved, um, but 
you know, with uh, major alterations. And the third one, of course, was that it would be nice to preserve it, but if the owners didn't want to, well, OK. As long as we had a record, a photographic record and so on, we were quite happy. And the church, the Church of Christ down the street was a case in point, where that was typical of many other churches of Christ in, or other similar denomination churches, very Spartan uh, buildings, um, so that we felt that whether or not that was retained was not important to the history of the church or to the community. The, um, the next step was that the council, having looked at the list, were then asked to go around and put their own assessment on each councillor was expected, and, and all of them did, to go around, look at the buildings and mark them between one and three in each of the categories, or a fourth category, which was, forget it. And uh, it was quite extraordinary that, without any prompting, really, as to which category, and I'm not exactly sure of this now, although I did it, um, I'm not sure there was any categorisation of the list when it went to the councillors. I think it may have happened. Anyway, the upshot was that I would think the, the um, a significant number of the uh, of the uh, buildings were listed at the same value as the list which was in in my possession. So that the uh, the list then was broken down to to, uh, to two categories really. One was the ones which should be preserved with relatively minor alterations to bring them up to living in the uh, in the current century but also which would identify the difference between the old and the new but also make the new um, uh, how shall I put it uh, I'm trying to think of the word but make it meet and and look as that was sympathetic to the uh, to the original fabric but could be readily, readily identifiable as being new and the second category was, of course, that it uh, um, it could be preserved with major alterations, and may even be demolished if the if the um, the council then decided that that was a possibility. And that has been done, I notice, since we have left the council. But there has been a significant change in the in the membership of the council, and as a consequence, the attitude of the council towards these things. And that also, uh, I accept, is one of the inevitabilities. You're not going to have the, you're not going to preserve the same things all the way through. Um, 